absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan, and i got a special guest on today. He is the founder, owner of Eagles and Arrows, he is Mr. Grant Gears. Grant, how's everything going? Hey, great. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah. So uh, so listen, man, I, I guess the biggest question right off the bat, which I always have, and I'm sure a lot of people have, is how does one start a golf company from the ground floor? So I think uh, it takes, you know, just uh, a little bit of that kind of craziness. You just got to kind of commit and go for it. Um, you know, for me, it was, uh, you know, for like the last decade, I, something I wanted to do, but didn't have that, that final kick of motivation that you need to just really commit and go for it. And, um, this, uh, this January, uh, when I decided to start it, I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. And, uh, so you just gotta, I guess, just commit and go. So, so where does the Eagles and Arrows actually come from? Like, where does that name, where does it originate from? Do we pull it out of thin air? Is it something that we've been kind of ruminating on for a while? No, it literally, I mean, I hate to say it was pulled out of thin air, but just kind of like, I, I got the, you know, the motivation I was going to start and I, I didn't even have the name or the logo or anything like that. And um, I knew I wanted to tie it obviously to golf and to my military background being a veteran and um i was just sitting there brainstorming all right how you know what do you think would be a good you know logo essentially and i kept envisioning this this eagle and holding arrows and i was just like that's it eagles and arrows and so it just it just kind of came to me and um you know i am about the worst artist out there (laughs) i just started drawing and uh i drew this this logo and then uh you know, took it to the computer and, uh, you know, came out with it and, and, and just wrote it, Eagles and Arrows. And I was like, man, I just, uh, that's it. All right, we'll, we'll get into the, the military in a little bit because I don't think there's anybody I have more respect for, you know, in the world uh, than our service members. But just getting back to the brand for a second, I mean, so you, you have this idea, you come up with, with the logo. I mean, did you have um, an understanding or a mind? of what it was that you wanted the brand to be as far as like what you were going to sell so like when i thought about it like years and years for years and years like i always i was i'm just always drawn to like the vintage style like you know i like uh certain shirts the old old school shirts you know i always call them four button shirts and um you know, so I always thought it was going to start out with that, but when when I got the final kick of motivation, I'm sitting there in the winter just jonesing for golf, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna I want to get a, a new carry bag, and uh, so I just started looking, and um, I just couldn't find what I wanted, and so I was like, you know, I'm just gonna make the bag, and uh, you know, I had the envisionment of what I wanted, and um, so you know, I started I started again, terribly drawing a bag out on paper and, um, and you know, it all, it all started with the bag. So, um, you know, then I was like, well, 
you know, from that point, I'm like, man, if I'm going to have, you know, a golf bag, you know, I might as well have some merch to go with it. So, um, you know, I started designing hats and doing, you know, research on, on hats and doing trials and stuff like that. And then I was like, well, you know, let's make some t-shirts and then, um, you know, just kind of expanded from there and, um, made, uh, made a phone call from, uh, to one of my uh, old buddies who's in the, in the business, um, that I played junior golf with back in the day and was like looking for some help and some direction was like, man, I really would like to have a golf glove. And, um, I got set up with an amazing, you know, manufacturer for, for, for golf gloves and leather goods. So it's just kind of, it just kind of expanded from like, all right, if I'm going to do the bag, like let's, let's have some merch as well. And, um, it just all kind of just came together and kind of snowballs from there. Yeah. So uh, I don't, I don't want to get into, how do I say it? I don't want to get into the pricing of things, right? I mean, people can go to the website, eaglesnarrows.com and, and see that, but you are providing what is super popular today in that, that waxed canvas bag with the leather accessories. I mean, super vintage handcrafted look, but you are doing it at a fraction of what some of these other big time companies are charging. I mean, literally a, a third of that. Um, does it frustrate you at all to see what other companies are getting just because they have like, you know, that overreaching support and number of followers and stuff and realizing that, I mean, literally from looking at it, you're making a product that is extremely comparable to theirs. Is that ever, you know, disheartening at all? No, not at all. I think, you know, uh, some other companies that are, are doing, you know, similar things, they've been doing it for a while and, and, you know, obviously some of the stuff that they're putting out is like amazing. But for me, you know, I'm, 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 it's not frustrating because I'm, I'm of the opinion of, you know, abundance for all. So, um, you know, I don't want anybody to ever go and, and look at, at, at my golf bag and go, man, I love that, but I can't afford it. You know, I, I am, I'm not, I'm not doing this to, to try and get rich. Um, you know, this is just a hundred percent passion. So, um, you know, I've, I've been very, very, uh, meticulous about keeping the cost as low as possible and, um, you know, really, really working with, um, my vendors for the material to try and, you know, buy it in as large amounts as I can possibly get right now. And, you know, to try and keep the cost down. And I'm just not gonna, you know, I'm just not gonna, you know, we could, we could charge more for, for the bag probably. And, 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 but that's just not what I want to do. I want, I want somebody to get our golf bag and, and really look at it and be like, man, I can, okay, I can do this and, and enjoy it. And it be just as good quality, uh, as, you know, some of these other companies out here that have been doing it for, for a while, you know? Yeah. I, I am a person that changes up their golf bag probably once every two years, which there's no no reason to you know like like you you create a bag that is so classic uh so vintage inspired um timeless if you will that it's it's to me basically like an heirloom uh, you know that that's something that can be passed down from generation to generation and even if it's not you know like what a cool new hip teenager would look like it's so retro and so vintage inspired i think they they would love it um, and then looking at the prices and stuff, I mean, it is extremely comparable to what I spend on, you know, the, the state of the art 
uh, carry bag, if you will, um, which, you know, in my opinion, do not last that long anyway. Um, so what, what bag are you currently using now from yours? So I carry the um, navy waxed canvas with brown leather bag. Uh, played this morning with it. It just it carries so great, and um, you know, I I try to keep everything in you know that kind of classic color scheme, and um, you know we, we're thinking about maybe doing some other brighter and uh, you know more colors and like that stuff like that in the future because I know people have different tastes and stuff like that, but. Um, you know, we want to appeal to to as many people as possible. But, um, you know, we try to keep those colors like, in you know, like you said, like the vintage inspired. And um, so, you know, I love that that navy and brown is just uh, it's my favorite. Um, but uh, the green and brown's been uh, pretty popular and the gray and uh, black has been pretty popular. So, um, yeah. Yeah, the green and brown is is probably my favorite. I'm I'm sure, but I'm biased with kind of the masters ish colors uh, that, it, that it tends to lean towards. And one of the things that I'm super impressed about with the company is the fact that you take this bag and put it in a black and white photo from the 30s, and it fits in, right? You take yeah. it out on tour today, or a guy looping around his home course in 2020, and it fits in. I mean, that's like the the epitome of timelessness there. Yeah, one thing uh, really cool uh, about that was, um, so my granddad, you know, he was, uh, came from a big time golf family and, you know, it's just kind of like in our blood. But after, um, after I started the company, you know, I have several pictures and, you know, a lot of his golf history and stuff like that. But um, my wife like really dug in and was like, you know, there's got to be more out there. And I said, yeah, you know, I'm sure there is. And, um, you know, we didn't really have that family historian, if you will, that, you know, kind of kept everything. And, uh, so we started digging and, um, and, and my wife finds this, this picture and it was one I'd never seen. It was so cool. So it's, uh, it's from the late fifties. I think that one's from 54 ish, 55, something like that. And, um, it's him and his partner and they win this, this, uh, four ball. And their picture was in the, in the newspaper. And I'm looking at this picture, and I'm like, man, this is so cool. This is an article I've never seen before. And I, as I look closer at the picture, my granddad's golf bag is in the, is in the picture behind him, um, slightly behind him and his, his partner there. And it's, like, legit, like, one of our vintage carry bags. I'm like, that is so cool. <laughs> like, this is, you know, this picture's, you know, almost 70 years old. And, and there's the bag. It's pretty close to, uh, to the bag we're making today. Yeah, I mean, like I said, completely timeless. Um, Grant, let's let's go a little bit into your golf history. I know your grandfather was an enormous influence on you when you said that you know he was a pretty prolific golfer. Um, do you remember back in the day playing with him or or just being inspired by seeing him with all the golf memorabilia around? So, like, my inspiration from him didn't come until later, and um, so. He basically introduced me to the game, but um, he he cut down you know a set of clubs for me back in back in those days. You know they didn't really make a whole lot of junior clubs, if you will. You know, so you just took a old set, cut them down, put new grips on them, and uh, so he did that. And I had a set of clubs, but I didn't really play a whole lot, and um, I I I never played around with him, which you know I, I would give almost anything to do now, but. Um, 
been he passed away when uh, when I was twelve. So I I played a little bit, but you know, at, at the, when I was twelve, I may have played maybe two or three rounds ever in my life. It wasn't until a year or two later I really got into the game, and um, and then you know the inspiration and stuff like that came with you know family history, and I'm like, man, there's a lot of golf stuff. Like like Grandpa has like a lot of golf pictures, and they're like, yeah, well, him and his three brothers were all professional golfers, and I was like, really, like. You know, and it just kind of like all came like, you know, in, in high school, essentially. And, uh, you know, when I really learned about him and 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 his family and his brothers and, you know, all their playing and stuff like that. I mean, that's got to be pretty cool to, to get into a sport and then realize that you have a professional family lineage that you come from. Yeah, it, it's pretty neat. And it's, it's, um, you know, I just, I love, I love all of the old pictures and all the stories, you know, and everything like that. And it's, um, it's just a shame they all, they all went, you know, too soon, really all for, for the boys. So have you through any type of research or anything been able to find any mementos or stuff from their playing days at all? Um, Every once in a while, I get something. So my my uh, my my mom and dad moved from a house, and um, my dad gets this this box, and he has uh, it's from like 1951, and it's a it's a really cool. It's like a it's a clock trophy, and it's from my granddad and his dad playing in a father son tournament. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing. So I have it sitting in my in my man cave, and. Um, you know, I have a few things like that, um, but um, yeah, I wish I had more. And I'm sure there was a lot of stuff out there. One, oh, one of my probably my m- most favorite memento is um, so Grandpa won a uh, he won some tournament in the '60s, nothing major. Just uh, you know, I, I have no idea what it even was. But um, his his sister is still alive. So when I was in high school, she calls me over to her house, and we we lived in Tucson, Arizona, and. She said, I have something to give to you. And it was like my junior or senior year in high school. And I was like, she's like, it's from your grandpa. And I was, that was the time when I was like kind of in the discovery mode of, you know, the family history in golf. And so I was super excited. And uh, she gives me these pair of lizard skin foot joys from like the 60s. And she's like, your, your, your granddad won these in a golf tournament. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like awesome. And so um, I kept them and I still have them. And, uh, I wear them about once a year. They're uh, not gonna lie; they're not crazy comfortable to wear <laughs> <laughs> around a golf pin. But uh, about once a year, I'll break them out. I wore them this year on my birthday and uh, went out, and you know, it just kind of feels like you're playing with them, you know? Yeah, that's. I mean, honestly, phenomenal to have a family memento like that. Um, I know how special that bond is. Uh, my grandfather was an enormous influence on me in life. Not a golfer. Uh, at all. I'm literally the only one in my family that golfs aside from my children now, but uh, I can only imagine how special that is to kind of come into the same sport that he was big into later in life and to kind of let his probably philosophy and and teachings kind of gear you towards uh, the company at hand. So was your grandfather a veteran as well? No, he was was not. we have uh, several littered through the uh, throughout our family, but uh, but no, he wasn't. So, how was it that you got into your military career? Well, I um, so I finished high school and um, I was a decent golfer. Um, had a 
couple little bit of interest from colleges, you know, four or five schools. Um, and, uh, I had this just silly thought of like, I don't want to play golf. I gotta, I, I have to, you're going to give me a scholarship. I have to play golf. I don't want to feel like that. And it was just, I look back, I'm like, that was the silliest thought ever. But, <laughs> um, but it's all right. It all works out in the end. So I'm, I'm going to the local community college there in uh, Tucson. And, um, I remember I went in and, uh, my mom, uh, my mom happens to be a professor there. So I go in, I, I take my midterms and, you know, I was doing pretty good. And I was just kind of, was just so bored. And, uh, I went in my mom's office. I was like, Hey, uh, I think I'm going to go into the air force. <laughs> She's like, what? You know? And, um, I'm like, yeah, I, I just, I want to get into aviation. You know, I've always been driven by aviation and I think I'm going to go and, uh, try and be an air traffic controller in the air force. And I really didn't know anything about air traffic, but I knew that, uh, it was a pretty good job in the civilian world. So, um, I went down there and enlisted and said, uh, the guy was like, what, what, what do we got to do to get you in? I said, if I can be an air traffic controller, I'm ready to go. So six months later, I was uh, in the Air Force and the air traffic controller. And um, so, yeah. So were you down at the Air Force Academy in Colorado or did you just enlist? No, just enlisted. And um, so went and did uh did my training in, in, in Texas and then, uh, in Keesler and then, uh, got stationed in Dover, Delaware and, uh, did my four years there and, uh, a couple trips overseas and yep. And so during this time, are you, I know it seems trivial, you know, with, with how important that is to, to what we are as a society, but are you keeping up with your golf at all? Do they have golf on base? I mean, are you able to hit the range on your, you know, your off time? Yeah. So definitely like, uh, it's almost golf is synonymous with the air force. Like there's a, there's a golf course on, I don't, I don't know of a, of a base that doesn't have a course. Uh, I'm sure there's one out there, but they pretty much all have courses. So I get to Dover and, you know, obviously for the six months ish or whatever of your initial training, you know, I wasn't playing a whole lot. I was just, trying to make it through, you know, air traffic school. And obviously in basic there's, you know, you're not going to the golf course, but, um, so yeah, when I got there, I started playing a little bit and, um, but it was, uh, it was funny. There was one point, you know, year or two into the air force, I almost gave the game up because I was just so frustrated. Like I just, I couldn't play as much as I, I, I once did, you know, going from being a competitive golfer to just, not playing well and being young and still having, you know, uh, a little, I don't want to say crazy temper, but a little bit of a temper, you know, it's just like, I'm going to give this game up, you know? And, uh, and then finally it just kind of clicked. It was like, you're, you're not, you don't, you're not playing tournament golf here. Like just go and have fun and enjoy it. And, uh, as soon as I did that, I just started really enjoying the game again. And, and I started actually playing better. You know, I just started playing really good, just having fun. Yeah, it's. I was gonna say it's funny because I think there's there's probably been none truer words spoken. Like, I, I see people all the time when they get out and play golf, and they've you know, so kind of hear me out on this, right? They've paid money to do something, right? Which you would assume, like, if you pay for something, you'll enjoy it, and you get these guys that just like go ape crazy out there because they're not playing well. And I'm like, you're literally paying 40 to whatever, you know, 250 bucks to play this round of golf and you're flipping out on yourself and not enjoying it. Like, what, what's the fun in that? You're not playing to pay the bills, you know? Yeah. 
just enjoy yourself. So, I mean, that, that makes perfect sense to me because I see it so often out there. And, like, I'll tell guys, like, hey, man, look, like, you're not even good enough to get mad at a bad <laughs> shot. <laughs> yeah, you know, they, they, they see, you know, they watch golf on TV and they want to go out there and be the tour player. And it's like even good golfers who are not professionals, you know, you're not you're not a tour player. Like, yeah, you might have some awesome rounds and you might go low and you might have some rounds that, you know, people talk about at the club or whatever. But you're at the end of the day, you can still go out there and have a bad day and, and, and you know, you know, you're not getting paid to do this. So, um, yeah, it's, just, it's all about having fun and enjoying the company and, and, and the weather and the beautiful scenery that usually golf courses provide. Yeah, I mean, it, it's so true. Like, you know, if your life was on the line for a putt and you missed it, okay, I could see you being a little bit, you know, <laughs> hard up and a little bit bent out of shape, but like your 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 livelihood does not depend on you shooting, you know, that 85. Like you're not defi- <laughs> you're not you're not you're not defined by the fact that you didn't break 100 today, you know, and right. and there's people out there that are like just insane with it. And I, I'm sure you've played with them and I know I've played with them or I see them in adjacent fairways and you're like, dude, like you're literally taking doubles and triples and that's because you're telling your partner to write that down on the scorecard. Like just relax, enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Just enjoy it. You're not getting paid to do it. You're you're paying to do it and and uh, you know, the more you have fun out there, the probably the better you're gonna play. So Oh, it's so true. And then the more fun you have, the more you're kind of in the round. You know what I mean? Like you're in the moment. You can't be in the moment and enjoy what you're doing out there and enjoy the camaraderie if you are, you know, cursing at every shot or or, you know, rethinking and reliving every bad shot that you just hit. And it's tough too though, like cause you know, people, you know, people who are competitive, like I'm competitive. So like, you know, you gotta like really check yourself like and just go, okay, this is a you know, I don't even have a one dollar NASA on this. Like <laughs> like just enjoy it. Yeah, I believe me, I understand. I'm like Michael Jordan level of competitiveness, but it's funny because over the last few years where, you know, I haven't been able to play as much and, you know, my handicap has gone up and, you know, my boys have started playing more. So I care more about their game than I do mine. I've always played my best rounds when I just go out. I'm like, I don't even care right now. It's like this kind of laissez-faire, lackadaisical attitude. I'm like, whatever, dude, it's whatever happens, happens. If I shoot 90 or if I shoot 73, it's the same thing. And those are the rounds where I personally always play better because I'm not so worried about the outcome. You know, there's yeah. nothing there's nothing riding on it. Yep. So a- as uh, as an air traffic controller, okay, I, I've never met an air traffic controller before. Um, that's some pretty heady stuff. You know, I mean, you're dealing with with uh, first off, not to mention the the human lives that you know are depending on you, um, but the people in the cockpit and and also the the monetary amount that those planes cost. What what's a day in the life like of an air traffic controller? So it's uh it's a it's an awesome profession. I'm very very grateful that I'm a part of it, and uh, so I work at Atlanta Approach, and uh, so you know we. Basic, basic, basic is, uh, you know, we sequence all the planes in and out of Atlanta um, and the surrounding areas. Um, So it's, um, I don't know, it's hard to describe a day in the life and and give it in brevity. But, um, you know, it's, you you go in, we, you know, we keep the planes separated and sequence them in and out of the, out of the airport. So it's, um, 
it's it's one of those things that uh, people think like they see the tower and they're like, oh yeah, air traffic controllers. But um, you know, there's tower controllers who are working really close into the airport and you know right after takeoff and right before you land and then there's approach controllers who you know we work you out and get you up and going and then when you come in we get you all lined up and set up for the airport and then there's in route controllers who work you know just that in route um environment and um it's just a big team of of uh of people who are all have the same goal and that's to uh just make sure every flight is safe and um it's it's a, it's an awesome awesome career and uh, like I said I've I've been doing it for uh, 17 years now and um, it's just I just feel lucky every day to go into work and and do do what we do. Have there been any harrowing moments you know with planes up in the air as they're coming in that you've had to deal with? Oh yeah, there's I mean there's uh, there's so many stories of of. Uh, of situations we've we've dealt with or that I've seen being worked or I mean working in the environment we work I mean Atlanta is you know some of the busiest airspace in in the world so the more the more airplanes you have the more opportunities you have to you know have those types of situations so here they happen you know quite often um, when I was you know in the Air Force working at, at, at Dover Delaware it wasn't you know as many just based on sure volume, you know, we just didn't work as many airplanes, but, um, yeah, definitely over the years we've had, uh, we've had some, some pretty wild moments for sure. At, at any point in time, I, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but at any point in time, how many planes are coming and going in and around like the Atlanta airspace? So, um, during our busiest arrival pushes, uh, we'll run a, an arrival rate of 132 planes an hour. Um, if we actually get to that number, we're probably, we're probably short of that number, but you know, the busiest two hours, say of the day, we'll put down a uh, hundred to 110 airplanes. That's just landing in Atlanta. So then, then you got, you know, maybe 70 or 80 departures and, um, and then the surrounding airspace, all the general aviation airplanes and the couple military bases that are around, um, you know, you're, you're working in, in the busier hours, you're working, you know, several hundred airplanes, um, in, in and out of the area. Yeah. That's like, that number's insane, you know, cause you just think of like, okay, each plane has X amount of people on it. And it's just, it's astronomical. Now you mentioned like military planes and stuff like that. Do, do they have any contact with you? Do you know when they're in airspace or are, are they allowed in the same commercial airspace? Oh yeah, so they fly in the system just like a commercial airliner, and and we work them uh, just just like any other flight. Um, you know, uh, just uh, just last week, for instance, uh, when the uh, Blue Angels and the and the Thunderbirds were doing their their flyover America, um, I mean, we worked them the whole time. Uh, they flew through the space and talking to us just like any other flight. That's wild. I mean, that's, that's, it's really cool. You know, once you start to, it's funny with golf, golf's one of those sports, right? Where you have such a connection with someone right off the bat because they love golf and you love golf. And then you get into people's backstories. And to me, that's always the most interesting thing, you know, is just, is, is how people came into the game and, and you have people from all 
different walks of life. And I'm sure you've seen that start to occur with Eagles and Arrows now with the brand. You've you've seen all these people, I'm sure, that you've interacted with with promoting the brand and, and, and people that have purchased, you know, from you as well. Yeah, it's definitely like you said, like it's such a cool opportunity with golf because so many people golf and it's like people from every type of you know business organization or like all these different walks of life they all golf and it it's so cool to see the people you meet and um you know it's kind of interesting like back when uh, when i was playing um a lot of like uh the public like city courses in, in tucson you you could walk out there and you, you could play with you know a ceo of a company or you could play with a pilot or you could play with you know an attorney like all these different people like just doing different things and it's just like there's a lot of interesting people out there and 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 golf is the common denominator it's just like really really cool you know just to i mean that's what it's all about like yeah you got your normal foursome and stuff like that but like i want to play with as many people and just interesting people and that are into different things and and, and just you know cool people it's pretty neat yeah that's a- amen i mean that's that's it right it's just playing golf with cool people like if you're it doesn't matter what you do but if you're a good person like i want to play golf with you because you make my favorite sport even more enjoyable yeah there's a guy we play with occasionally and they're like you know this guy at works like how do you play with that guy like and i'm like because you know he's like he's he's not a good golfer and i'm like he is hilarious i love playing with him <laughs> like he makes me laugh the whole day like i i i don't care if he shoots 200 like it's it's he's so he's so much fun and they're like looking at me like how do you you're you're gonna he he is gonna shoot 200 <laughs> yeah and and hey if he's enjoying all 200 strokes more power to him that's it he's getting he's getting his money worth you know yeah, for sure <laughs> <laughs> Um, Hey, so, so getting back to the brand a little bit, um, you know, let, let's give people an idea of everything that's out there in case they haven't heard of Eagles and arrows before. So we literally run the gamut, right? From hats to bags, to, um, club head covers, to, uh, towels, t-shirts, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what's, what's the future? Like, what are we, what are we looking towards next in terms of production pieces? Well, um, I think like right now, basically we're going to focus on what we're doing and, um, you know, just try and grow and, um, but in the future, you know, definitely, I definitely want to get into that vintage inspired, um, shirt, you know, the, you know, I call it the four button shirt. A lot of times has a pocket on it and, um, you know, it's just got that nice, like vintage style. And, um, it's, it's what I like to wear. Um, you know, I go out there and I'll search for, for these shirts and, you know, I'm buying these shirts. Like my wife's like, what are you buying? I'm like, this is a brand new shirt from 1970. It is awesome. You know? And it's like, you know, I, I would love to create that and, uh, make it just, you know, modernize it a little bit. And, um, you know, so hopefully down the road we'll, um, we'll, we'll get into that, but, um, we're going to, we're going to focus on what we have now and, and growing, uh, growing, you know, the brand and, um, hopefully people like what we're putting out. And, um, you know, like I said, we're just trying, I I just want people to enjoy the stuff that we, we put out. I'm, I don't, uh, it's, this isn't, uh, something, this is just so it's all passion. Like, uh, you know, I just want people to enjoy the stuff and, and, and really like it. And then hopefully we can keep doing it, you know? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, quick question. This is just off the top of my head and something that I always think about. How, how much do the bags weigh? Because when you see those old bags, you think of, you know, like these caddies lunking these things around they, and they're like 15, 20 pounds each and they're heavy and, and cumbersome and stuff. But, but these don't look heavy at all. Do you know what they weigh? Uh, it's hard to say the exact weight because uh, the the of uh, the leather the leather changes a, a little bit, but it's okay. two to, they're like two to three pounds. They're super super light. Um, oh my god! So that's I mean that's literally lighter than like those super light uh, two point five Sun Mountains or or the Ping Hoofers. Yeah, they're. I mean, this is it's it's light, and um, you know one thing that you know I was very very specific on is. It, I wanted a normal bag size opening. Um, so it's a full, uh, normal bag size opening. It's a eight inch opening. So you, you know, use full set of clubs. This is, and you can carry it to, to your driving range at your club or, uh, you know, the public driving range on the weekends and just carry a few clubs, but I carry my full set in it. And, um, you know, so I wanted it to be, you know, full, a full bag, but it is, it is very, very light. I mean, that's, I think that's real great for people to know because a lot of times with these super, super light bags, they really are just like Sunday bags, right? You figure you fit maybe six, seven clubs in, but this is enough where you can fit all 14, if you will. Yeah, you can get the whole set in there easily. And uh, even, even you know, I went to the range a few days ago and uh, I was trying to work on uh, ball striking. So I, I brought some uh, some old Hogan directors and uh, I just threw an extra three or four clubs in there. So, you know, I had 18, 19 clubs in, in the bag, and uh, and it was totally fine. Oh, that's sick. And I'm sure it fits perfectly on a push cart as well if you wanted to. Yeah, you can put it on a push cart, um, and it's it's uh, it's nice on a push cart too just because, you know, you get a big, big cart bag on a push cart, and that thing gets, you know, starts to get pretty heavy, and, you know, um, and and also the the handle is uh it's sturdy enough it's stout enough where if you wanted to strap it to a cart you can strap it to a cart as well yeah that's one of the one of my biggest pet peeves i love i love the push cart right like when we went to pine pinehurst we had like the push cart mafia like it was all four of us you mm -hmm. know wheeling those things down and just letting them loose and free but when you have a carry bag that you put on the push cart like inevitably those stupid you know, carry handles flop off to the side and they're, you know, drag independent. Cause I, I, like I wear my bag tight on the back, you know what I mean? I, I hate when it bounces. So I've got the straps, which are hanging down low and it's just, it's just annoying. And this looks like super clean and, you know, kind of the aesthetic to it is just super straight and nice. And it feels like it would fit perfectly on one of them. So that's fantastic to hear for people. And, and everyone has their own thing. Some people love a big cart bag, you know, like they love traveling with all 14 clubs and, everything they can fit in there. Some people go the minimalist route, but it's nice to see that that, that kind of fits right in the middle of it and can kind of satisfy both sides. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I got to ask you a question because on your Instagram ac account, and uh, you know, I, I love Instagram. Everyone that I've met on has been phenomenal, and it's just such a great uh, free advertising, if you will. You had a, a post, your last post, I believe, was you... In a green, it, it's you, right? In the green jacket, I'm assuming? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, and you've got this cool little ground and a repair sign, and like cryptically, it says, if I build it, will you play? Um, are you leading us to something there? Yeah, yeah, totally. So, um, so 
is this something we can give away or <laughs> yeah I'm like okay doing like yeah it's okay we'll we'll, we'll, say, we'll say, give it out can, to all the listeners you, yeah you can say as much or as little as you want yeah we'll give it out to all the listeners so it's uh you're gonna see it shortly so it's um so basically uh i decided to build a par three in my backyard a la jim nance and um and i just kind of went for it and um and and so um, I built this uh, built this part three, and um, uh, going to be releasing uh, videos on the uh, on the IG account of the process of building it, and uh, and yeah. So we'll see. You guys got to have to uh, go go on there and, and like uh, Eagles and Arrows on Instagram and follow along for the uh, the progress of the build. Okay, so a I have so many questions on that, right? Because that is like every look. Every golfer's dream is always this. When I play with them on a course, hey man, if you had like fifteen million bucks to buy this course, right? What would you do different, right? And everyone kind of throws their ideas out. And then there's also, hey, you know, if I had enough room in my backyard, or maybe you do have room. If I had the ability to build this, like, how would you make it? Uh, you're doing that. You got to give me some of the specs on this. What's what's the distance? How big is the green? What are you doing for tee boxes? So uh, yeah, definitely. So we're uh, we're lucky. We're very very lucky. We have a a little bit of land. So um, I had this huge pile of dirt over on the side of our house that uh, from from when we built our house. So you know, a few years ago, and um, and uh, finally my wife's like, are you ever going to do anything with that? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do, I'll, I'll take care of it. So I'm out there <laughs> and I'm grading this dirt and, um, and, and we have, you know, this kind of like open field backyard and, and I, I jump off uh, the tractor and I'm, I'm looking back at this, you know, and it was a little bit hot that day. So it's kind of taking a little bit of a break and looking back at the dirt. And I was like, man, sure does look like a tee box and uh, turned around and was like, could put a green right there and uh so i literally just kind of on the fly it was like I, all right I'm, I'm 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 just gonna go full send and i'm just gonna i'm just gonna do it so i went in and was like hey what do you think about uh me putting a part three in the backyard and my wife's so awesome she's like yeah go for it and i'm like sweet and uh then it then it just uh it just started from there so uh yeah so it's it's 81 yards and um it's uh it's a tight, tight green. If you hit the green, it's a, it's a pretty good shot. But um, it's, uh, it's uh, I don't know exact specs on the green, but it's probably about 20, 25 feet wide by 30 feet long. So it's, um, you know, and kind of sticking with, uh, with the Eagles and Arrows, you know, it's an old school green slope from back to front. And, um, and uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool, pretty cool little setup, so. I, lo- I like there's so much to love in that, right? So you're making everybody jealous because now you've got the ultimate short game backyard. Um, you've got, first off, full blessing from your wife. Like most guys would try to sneak that in and, and do it, and their wife comes home from like a long weekend and is like, what happened to our backyard? <laughs> like, yeah, surprise, honey, I, I built a golf course. <laughs> yeah, um, she- She's amazing. So we we're lucky we have a little bit of space. So it's not uh, like it's boom right there as you walk out the back door. Yeah, um, I'm I'm telling you, man, I've got a little space uh, in Pennsylvania, and I might have to uh, I might have to hire your firm to uh, <laughs> to create me one as well. 
that's it. Yeah, you got to get a, a gears design, and um, yeah, we'll do it. I love it. That that you know, this might be the future of Eagles and Arrows. You know, you not only do you have the apparel side, but you have the entire you know course design side, and then you can deck people out in all your gear as well. I, I love it. I, I love I, I love it. If we, if we, if I could get that going, I'm I am all for it. Um, now the green jacket in the picture. Um, I, I'm assuming just a regular green blazer. Yeah, definitely just a uh, just a green blazer. Okay, I'm just making sure we didn't win. You know, like someone's at auction or something like that, and and we went kind of super vintage inspired. It's definitely a vintage uh, vintage inspired uh, blazer, but. Uh, yeah, it's uh, just a just a regular green jacket. So now you're you're in and around Atlanta, and and obviously for people um, in the southeast, you know that is a very big golf hotbed. Um, where are you kind of playing in and out of nowadays down there? So we uh, we basically I, I live uh, south on the south side of Atlanta, and. Um, the area I live, it's kind of, um, it, it, there's some really nice tracks, but it basically it's part of the club court group. They own all the courses around, so it's, you basically have to be a member to to, to, to play any golf. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, so I do the club court thing, and um, it's uh, the Peachtree City Group for those uh, listening that are in the area. And, um, yeah, so we basically, we have four courses in, in our group, and, um, and, yeah, there's some pretty pretty good tracks uh um, Palmer track uh, that uh, they used to play way back on a Nike Nike Tour event, and uh, one of the other courses uh, that we play quite a bit at uh, Plantera. They have uh, you know they have tournaments there and stuff like that, U.S. Open qualifiers and and, and whatnot. So it's a pretty good pretty good track. What's the, what's the vibe like nowadays with everything that's going on? <clears throat> you know, with COVID nineteen, et cetera, et cetera. Um, how has that affected your golf? down there in Atlanta? We've been pretty lucky because the state didn't shut anything down. So, you know, right away they were like golf's considered exercise. And, uh, so, you know, we never really got shut down. Um, it definitely has affected, um, you know, they're doing the social distancing, which is, you know, I think very important and, um, and stuff like that. So they've changed kind of the range setups and they've changed, you know, you one person to a cart, which I think they're doing a lot of places. Uh, you yeah. know, we, I, we, I walk every round, you know, 95 plus percent of my rounds anyway. So that didn't really change, but, um, you know, no, no bunker rakes, leave the, leave the pin in, uh, which ever since, you know, last year we pretty much do anyway, but, um, but yeah, so it's, it's changed a little bit, but it's, we've been very lucky. Like we didn't get shut down, uh, like a lot of the places in the Northeast and out West did. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I mean, golf back at, at home, home and PA has just opened. Um, thankfully, down here in, in Carolina, we've been uh, lucky, kind of on the same boat as you. And you're right, it, it's taken a global pandemic to get people on board to just leave the pin. Um, <laughs> but it's not, you know, it's 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 kind of nice in a way that everyone's on brand. Obviously, I wish it didn't happen, but you know, kind of is is uh, what it is. Hey, you got to um, look for the positive in this, well, in this I mean, anywhere you can, and I I'm with it there. So <laughs> that's really it, right? You know, it's it's funny because people are always like, well, well, it makes the whole small and this and that. And I'm just like, you know what? Like, man, I don't know if you're good enough to realize that. You know, I don't know if you're good <laughs> enough to to understand. I'm not, and I like, and I'm I'd say a semi decent golfer. Um, 
it, it doesn't make a difference to me. And I just, you know, it's funny because like my rounds are always usually twilight rounds, right? I'm always kind of chasing daylight. I love playing in the evenings, taking my kids out. And there's like, there's no point for me to ever move it out. And then once the USGA got on board and kind of made it, you know, a, a rule that it's okay, you don't have to, you know, I was like, hey man, like we're all in on this, you know? That's it. <laughs> yeah, when it came out, you know, when the rules change happened last year, you know, we were talking about it. Are you going to leave it in? You're going to take it out? And I was like, man, I, I just, you know, if, if Bryson says he's leaving it in, he is like 43,000 times smarter than me. And so I'm probably just going to leave it in. You know, there's the occasional one. I'll take it out. But for the most part, we leave it in. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, he uh, he is the patron saint of leave the pin, but I would not go on record as saying he's 43,000 times smarter than you. He, uh, he may use 43,000 words to describe something, but that, you know, I'm not necessarily sure that makes him uh, an expert on things. Although I do love you, Bryce, and you know that. Uh, <laughs> um, so I, Grant, I mean, I guess, you know, let us, let us in on, on where you can find Eagles and Arrows um, what will be coming from you, you know, in, in the very near future, you know, like, say, let's say the rest of the year, um, and, and how to purchase stuff as well. Cause I think once the thing is, once people listen to this and they go on the Instagram page and they, and they go to the website, they're going to look at it and be like, wow, you know what? That's like, that's literally, you know, my style. Um, I mean, I'll go on record as saying that the majority of our listeners right now that are going to hear this pod are going to appreciate and kind of be enthralled with your product yeah i appreciate that uh it's very very nice of you to say i i i hope so um you can find us on uh uh ig at eagles and arrows co uh, and uh, our website is eagles and arrows.com and uh you know we have we have the uh, the Facebook page running too. I haven't done as much on there as the as the IG, but uh, we have that up and running too. And that's uh, Eagles and Arrow CO as well. And uh, yeah, if if anybody has any questions about our stuff, you can uh, you can get a hold of me. All all of my information my is listed on on uh, on the website, and uh, you can email me at uh, Eagles and Arrows at gmail.com. And before we wrap up, one of the things that kind of really interests me, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna assume is gonna interest a lot of our listeners as well, is the fact that you offer kind of full customization on the bags. Um, go into that just a little bit, like if if I wanted a different color or if I wanted stitching, like how how custom can I go on them? Yeah, so I mean. I'll go as custom as somebody wants to. Um, it's it's uh, but but the like basic customization that we offer is so there's there's uh, four different bag colors so um, it's navy and then the green and gray and then there's a bright blue and um, and there's three different uh, colors of of the leather it's white brown and black. So you know there's different uh, you know kind of color combinations you can play with there. And, um, and then, you know, if you want some custom embroidering done on the bag, we can do that. Um, there's a few spots on the bag where we can do that. And, um, you know, there's, there's other little things that we can customize that, um, you know, if somebody wanted an interior, uh, pocket, you know, with 
certain lining or something like that. We could, we can definitely do that. Uh, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of neat. Cause you know, if somebody wanted to do something, you know, very custom, we can, we can do it. Um, it's just kind of like, where, where do you want to go with it? And, uh, and, and then you can also just uh, go on there and on our website and look at our stock bags that we uh, we have uh, available as well. And what's the turnaround as far as shipping time on products that are in stock? In stock is uh, is is very quick. So I mean, uh, a week, um, you know, or less. Uh, I have I have you know a little little statement on there because of the COVID thing, but um, right. If if it's going. F- far from from atlanta it might take you know at, at most a week but uh but yeah we're shipping um every day and it's um yeah so it's it's pretty quick turnaround for in stock stuff for the for the customization stuff it's uh you know approximately a month depends on how custom how custom you want um from order time but uh you know if it's just the normal uh the normal stuff and nothing like uh, embroidered or or nothing that like really personal you just want to put together your bag and your your color of canvas and and leather then it's uh, about 3 weeks sweet i mean so there you have it folks there's there's literally no reason to not get on board with the company uh great background you know just kind of honest american craftsmanship uh it's fantastic grant like i can't thank you enough for coming on Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. Uh, I really appreciate it. Hey, so go out, follow him on Instagram, Eagles and Arrows Co. As in company, um, get to them online, EaglesNarrowsGolf.com. Uh, you will not be disappointed, people. I mean, that's kind of the bottom line. You know, it's it's just great, great uh, product. That's actually EaglesAndArrows.com. Excuse me, um, Grant. Hey, man, thanks so much. Greatly, greatly appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. All right, people. So either get busy golfing or get busy dying. Hey, what's good, podcast patrons? Dan from Leave the Pin here. Listen, if you want to look good on the course, if you want to hit the ball a mile and look damn good doing it, Gas House Golf is the company you need to get on board with ASAP. Gas House Golf, newest apparel company out there, making you look fantastic. Look, the shirts are fire. The hats are fire. Everything they do, everything they touch looks great on the course. You want to stand out? You want people to notice you? Want people to notice your game? Get to GasHouseGolf.com. And right now, not only are they offering free shipping, they're also giving you an amazing 15% off code. Use our code, leave the pin, get 15% off all your purchases at GasHouseGolf.com. All gas, no break, Gas House Golf. Thank you.